In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Our world has devolved into one of division and despair. At least that is our common perception. We live in a time of angst and anxiety that has difficulty pointing toward a hopeful future, one filled with possibility and with promise. Instead, we look back and believe that the best of our years are behind us. We bought into the belief that there was some golden era in which all was right with the world, and the world was good, and we yearn for that time again. Of course, the last time that all was right and the world was good seems to be that seventh day of creation when God rested. For the very next day, Eve would be tempted by a snake, and from then on, humanity would find itself in a love-hate, redeemed, fall relationship with God that reconstitutes itself again and again across the ages. We know the story of creation. We know the story of Christ's resurrection and our redemption. But are we as aware of the story of our regeneration? That story is the story of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. It is the story of Moses, of Joshua, of the kings of Israel. It is the story of the prophets, not just Isaiah and Jeremiah, but also sung through the prophets, prophetesses of Miriam and Hannah and Mary. It is the story of Jesus and the disciples and Paul. Our regeneration is the story of our renewal, a story that never ends because we are bound in it, in an eternal circle with our Creator, the Creator that we know as divine, and we, His creation, tied to our earthliness. The gift we were once given to be created in His image has become a curse or at least so might some believe. In the beginning, God created. Take a moment to think about that. Are your thoughts about what God created or how God created? Are you thinking about the categories of creation Days one through three in which God created the places, dividing light and dark, sea and sky, and dry land. In subsequent days, four through six, he then filled those places with occupants, sun and moon, sea creatures and birds, animals and humans. Or are you thinking about the Godhead, the God who created through ruach and word? his breath, and his calling out into beingness. It is not that one way or the other is better or worse, but the way that we think about creation shapes the way we believe that we are part of that creation, specifically whether we will favor diversity 
or unity. To think in terms of the categories of creation is to think in terms of difference. To think in terms of the Godhead is to think in terms of unity. When I asked you to take a moment to think about the words in the beginning, God created, the direction of your thoughts is telling as to the bias that you might hold in this world. Only you will know your own bias. What you do with that makes God known to the world. As Christians, we are called to celebrate the diversity of God even as we worship the unity of God. The diversity of God is made known to us in creation, and so is the unity. God works together through breath and word as creator, redeemer, sustainer, that which we know as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to bring about a creation so diverse and yet in harmony with itself. And God calls that good. And by the time he gets to us, the most diverse of all, he calls it very good. Who are we to complain? And yet that is exactly what our resistance to God and one another manifested through our anxieties and angst really are. Complaints against the divine diversity. We are created last, after the cosmos, the sun and the moon, after the plants and the animals, fish and birds and cattle and even worms. And God sees all that he has made, and he takes pleasure in it. He goes so far as to take a day off and to soak it up, to rest and to renew. And I wonder if he knew just exactly what he had done, and thus how he needed a day in order to appreciate the world that he had created, because for the rest of eternity, he would have to redeem it and renew it. The world is created through the Trinity, the Creator, the Ruach, the Spirit, the Word, that second person we know as Jesus. And it is regenerated, redeemed and renewed again and again through that same trinity. The story of the book of Genesis is pretty basic. God creates. Humans mess it up. But instead of God judging and punishing humankind, he blesses us. He gives Abraham a covenant even though Abraham and Sarah doubt. He gives Jacob many nations, 12 tribes, even though Jacob is a swindler and a cheat. He gives Joseph, the lowest, the imprisoned, the power of salvation. And that story doesn't end with Genesis. It is just the beginning. The story of mankind is one of fall and redemption and the blessing of God again and again and again. We are part of that story. We are part of the Trinity. 
The classic example of understanding what Trinity is comes from creation itself. St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, is credited with converting the Irish heathens by comparing the Trinity to a three-leaf clover. It is a striking image and one that has withstood the test of time. For hundreds of years, people have turned to this little weed that grows rampant throughout the world to explain a complicated theological idea. Three in one. One in three. Three green leaves all connected together, growing from one stem. It's a good thing St. Patrick was not trying to convert the southern redneck. He would have had poison ivy. (laughs) There's an interesting aspect of the three-leaf clover that St. Patrick didn't really touch upon. The stem. If you think about it, there are four parts. The three three leaves of the clover are attached to a stem. And I don't think that this discounts Patrick's analogy. I think it offers us a deeper perspective. It gives us a place in the Trinity. We are not God, but the divine Trinity offers us a place to participate in its creative work. It is not uncommon to hear the Trinity explained as a dance in which we are called to be a partner. The most famous icon of the Trinity depicts a scene in which three divine figures sit at a table with an open fourth space created for us so that we might join in the feast. We are part of the Trinity, and when we are not there, there is a void. We are not God, but we are created in God's image and invited, afforded the opportunity to partner with God in his creative and redemptive work. The gift we were given to be created in God's image is the gift of redemption. It has become a curse because we have accepted that gift and made it one of judgment. Instead of thinking about no matter how often we fall and being judged harshly and punished for that, no matter how many times we put ourselves at the top of the pyramid and want to exercise dominance over others, over creation, or just want to keep our head down and go along to get along, believing somebody else will take care of that, it's not my responsibility. No matter how often we fall, we always have a chance to take our place with God, lifting up our hearts and our hands to support one another, to support creation. The Trinity is not simply the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is our divine dance partner that calls us into harmony with all of creation. It calls us into that which is good, which is very good. The stem which supports the three-leaf clover does not lord itself over the leaf. It holds the leaf up. It holds up the creation. It nourishes it. It tends to it. 
And just like that leaf, we are not called to be Lord over all. Instead, in following the call of Jesus Christ, we are called to be servant of all, to nourish, to tend, to hold up one another, to hold up creation. Jesus' final words to his disciples begin with a call to action. Go, baptize, teach. And they end with a reminder that he will be with us to the end of the age. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He is the Word. And he has served to be the one who reveals the divine presence on earth in human form. We are called to be that same place of revelation. To follow in Jesus' footsteps and continuing to reveal his presence, the presence of God. And to remind those others that we will never be without his presence. To be created in God's image has become a curse because we have forgotten the gift of redemption, because we have forgotten that we are the very presence of the Trinity for those who do not know, for the heathen. We have become so distracted by our divisions and our discords that we have forgotten how to celebrate our differences, how to discover that it is only through our differences that we can be in harmony with one another, with God, with creation itself. We've forgotten that to be a part of creation is to be diverse. And yet in the world, all of that diversity lives in harmonious creation. Our world has devolved into despair and discord. And as people of the Trinity, we know that the only way to worship the unity is by celebrating our differences and by turning our hearts to the possibility and the promise that God's very creation offers us.